What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Panthers Nation podcast here on the Panthers Nation Network, season two, episode two. And guys, we got pretty much the only thing going on right now is looking forward ahead to the draft. And we're going to go ahead and get right into it with our resident draft expert, Tyler. Now, Tyler has whipped up a little bit of something for us. So, Tyler, start off with, you know, you've got a full first round mock force as we get, you know, closing in on the draft. And as we close in the draft and you're getting it's almost like Christmas Day. How are you feeling? Oh, it's um. So uh, the day we're recording this is eleven days out from the draft, and the day that this comes out will be ten days away. And uh, it can't come any sooner. These last couple of days are going to go real slow. Um, and like you said, it is just like Christmas morning. Um, in my opinion, it's it's the best weekend of the year uh, for me, and so I'm really excited for it. And we'll see what's in store. Shanti's too excited too. I know it's a lot of there's a lot can, can that can go wrong, but a lot that can also go right. Man, I ain't gonna lie. Because of what happened last year and just the unexpected, just, just not knowing what's gonna happen, I, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. I just, I just gotta wait and see, bro. I, I really don't have any expectations for Matt Rule and this and how they, and how they work the drives. I'm just, I'm just trying to be, I'm just trying to be as open as possible to the possibilities of what we do with a number eight pick. Yeah, because remember last year, if anyone was with us when we were over at the Panthers Brawl, we were doing some live streaming of you know the pod of, of the draft, especially day one, and we were each giving our opinions. And I, I remember there was I, I needed to keep my mind open. And I did not. Tyler and I, we were on separate ends of one of them. I think it was on Jeremy Chin because I remember my biggest issue with Chin was that it was we were drafting someone to play out of position instead of just drafting into that position. And I, in my mind, I was like, well, why why not just draft you know in the position you want him to play? Of course. I had to eat my words there because it turned out to be literally one of the best picks, if not the best pick of the draft. So yeah, Chauncey's is right. I'm going to just keep, as long as we draft, everyone knows what's going to make me happy. As long as we draft an offensive lineman at some point, I will be okay. That's all, that's all I need to see. But Tyler has whipped up a full first round mock for us. Cause we don't want to just focus on, you know, with the eighth pick, the first seven picks matter so much to us. And we've been, you know, in the top 10 before and we've seen you know what can come out of it and we've gotten some really good picks from it and some okay picks but so tyler what have you got for us give us you know we'll, we'll give you some and you know some input on some of the picks that you have but go ahead and just just list off that first one for us you know when you've got who you've got going first at the stage yeah, so this, you know, these last couple of weeks really been playing around with a lot of different scenarios at the top of the draft, because as we know, the draft is um, it's uh, really hard to predict. And there's a lot of trades, a lot of different parts. Some teams are thinking on completely opposite ends than everyone else thinks. So um, I just like to, you know, get some reps at uh, seeing what could happen and, you know, what are the different possibilities. So in this one here that we're going to be talking about today, um, you know, first overall, Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence, Jets, Zach Wilson, 49ers, Justin Fields. Um, I had the Falcons stay and take Trey Lance, Bengals, Jamar Chase, Dolphins, Kyle Pitts. I had the Panthers taking Rashawn Slater. So, I mean, looking at it and going back to the top, um, just to start off picks one and two, uh, those are going to be pretty chalk. Um, I don't think we're going to see any surprise in the first two picks with Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields or Zach Wilson, excuse me. Um, you know, Lawrence, you know, we could have all uh, thought about this um, months and months ago. So that, that's um, that's pretty standard. And then Zach Wilson is becoming more and more uh, locked in at that two spot after we uh, we acquired Sam Darnold. So um, I don't know. Do you guys have any thoughts about those first two picks? Shanti's about uh, to go first. Uh, Trevor, I, I mean, this has to really to say. It's not much to really think about because I mean, Wilson has everybody has pushed Wilson into that number two spot. It's like it seems like there's no 
way out of him going number two to the to the Jets. I mean, Jet, I mean Lawrence. We knew Lawrence was going number one, number one overall his fresh after his freshman year at college. So we all so we've always known where he was going. They, they just, I mean, it's really not really, not really much discussion there. I mean, everybody seems to be locked in on those two guys of being one and two. Yeah, I agree. I agree with Shantice. I mean, everyone knows I feel about Trevor Lawrence. I mean, I think he's going to be good. I think he's been – I don't think he's been overhyped, but you got to look at the teams that were around him and going to the Jaguars with the weapons or rather lack thereof that he's going to have there. It's going to be interesting to see his indication. I mean, obviously he deserves to be the first-round pick in just the way he played um, and just, you know, how he's played overall. So I don't really see any question there. And, of course, you know, it was – it kind of, I guess, helped you all – the, the the Sam Darnold trade helped a lot of people because you know up till that point no I mean people thought the Jets were going to go with the quarterback but it wasn't really certain you know you didn't really know what they were going to do and now it's you know more than more than certain they're going to go with the quarterback and that's what interests me about pick number three um, because Justin Fields of the 49ers I that's interesting because there's been a lot of talk about Jimmy G and his you know his future there and what they're looking to do so I'm be I'm and I think that would be a great fit and a more and the most natural fit you know, for fields coming out of it with the way that that offense operates and the, you know, how fast their receivers are and how kind of fast their offense moves. Talk about, about a little bit about, you know, where that pick came from. Yeah, this is really the, the turning point of the draft. I'm not as sure on this one as the first two, if um, if I'm mocking for accuracy here, but um, I would take Justin Fields here. And I think at the end of the day, I think they will also uh, it seemed, you know, after they traded up to three and before we got Sam Darnold, it almost seemed too good to be true that Fields was going to drop to pick eight for us, uh, which is why I think we ended up trading for Sam Darnold. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think at three, all three quarterbacks left are in play. I think Fields, Lance and Mac Jones are all definitely in play at pick three and all have had, um, some buzz, uh, as late. And recently over this weekend, um, the betting odds uh, for the longest time at, for this third pick, it was Mac Jones was the favorite, but uh, Justin Fields took over um, as the favorite over, over one night. So there's got to be something there. And I think, you know, Kyle Shanahan, he knows Justin Fields. He worked with him when he was in high school at a quarterback's camp. So I think he's the most ready and the, you know, the Niners roster is ready. So uh, I think they got to get Justin Fields in there and uh, get back to the Super Bowl. I know for Shantice and I, if there's any team in the NFC that we want to see succeed other than the Panthers, it's probably the 49ers with Debo and with Kinlaw there on that roster. I'd love to see them do well. And I think you've got that quarterback list just right and, and, and how that top five is going to go with Trevor, Wilson, Fields, then Lance, and then Mac Jones. I think it's pretty – I mean, I think that's – now whether or not they go all four right in a row – it's interesting to see. I, I like the Trey Lance pick to the Falcons. Of course, I like it because, I mean, let them take whatever they want to get. And But I think, you know, if, especially if they're, you know, willing to stick with Matt Ryan a little bit longer, then it, it makes sense because Trey Lance, you know, could still be a bit of a gamble and just have for the lack of experience that he had and the lack of playing time he had. Um, could be scary for us down the road. But, you know, for the time being, I mean, if they're, if, if they're using that pick to not add any immediate talent – I'm okay with that because I don't, I don't, I mean, Shanti's not about you, but I don't think they would bring him in right off the bat unless something happens to Matt Ryan this year. No, I, I, don't, I don't think so either. And actually what I was about to ask was I, what made you go Trey Lance at four to the Falcons instead of maybe Kyle Pitts? You had another weapon to Matt Ryan, at least in, at least in his golden years, that the, the final years of his career here, there in Atlanta, why would they go a route where they give him all the weapons, all the possible weapons he could possibly work with the next maybe year or two moving forward? I mean, let me, I'm I'm gonna, I'm interjecting here real quick. I mean, Shanti's what what value do you put on on Hayden Hurst? I think they had built a good chemistry last year. You know, when he's healthy, I think he can be a pretty good t- a tight end. He's still you know 
inexperienced a bit, but I mean, that's up I to think, you. I think that with Kyle Pitts, I think everybody universally recognizes him as the best player, the best non quarterback coming out, coming out of this year's draft. And I mean, I know for me, I had him slated as the best player, just you know, period. Like, I think he's the best player at his position, better than I think he plays his position better than any other person that, at that position. I think, I think I, I, that's how dominant I think he, he, he was at Florida in the, in, in, the, in this, this past season. So I mean, I, I think with that being the case, I mean, do you, do you look towards the future if you're Atlanta? But you can also go all in. It's not too late for Matt Ryan and that team to capture Super Bowl magic. And get and make and make a run if you go all in on putting talent around it. But I do understand drafting the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So the, you know, there's been a report that came out um, saying that their the general manager and head coach are on kind of different wavelengths right now with taking a quarterback. Um, I forget one wants a quarterback and one doesn't. And so um, it's going to be tough. I think quarterbacks definitely in play at four, and this is definitely the toughest pick um, of the draft, really to uh, to guess because um, there's they could go quarterback, they could draft non quarterback like Pitts, or they could trade out. So so much could happen here, and no matter depending on what they do, it's really going to change up the outlook of the team. And so personally, I think I would I would try to trade back. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I would do, and hope for Pitts to fall. Um, but you know, in this mock, I, I wanted to play out the scenario with them taking Lance at four. And I think it'd be a good fit because, you know, Arthur Smith coming over from Tennessee, uh, they want to run the ball with a lot of play action. And that's exactly what Trey Lance is going to be good at. Um, he brings that athleticism to the offense, uh, more, even more so than a Ryan Tannehill would. So I think, um, I think that would be a great fit for them. And, um, the, the other thought process here is, when you don't know if you're going to be picking in the top again and going to have a chance at a quarterback. So, you know, a new GM coming in, uh, he's going to want potentially to get his guy. I know Matt Ryan's going to be around for a couple more years, but if they, if he's a big, if they're really big on Trey Lance, they should take him. And so we'll see, we'll see what happens. But, um, you know, I think Lance or Pitts is a, would be a great pick here. Now, and so then you got um, Bengals with Jamar Chase. I mean, uh, get you know, get him some, get Burrow some 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 firepower. Get him some to throw to. I mean, that I, I I don't I don't question that at all. I mean, I'm okay if they want to do that. They don't want to get a lineman to protect Burrow. That's perfectly fine with me. Let him let him eat that up for me. I'm fine with that. And then of course, and then Dolphins with Kyle Pitts. That would be scary. That would be. I mean, that's Jimmy G and George Kittle like already right off the bat. When you have you know Tua and him going together, I mean, because if Tua can get you know his health in together and get some consistency, boom, there's your there's your safety valve right there, and that's that's an automatic young connection right there. I, I, that would be scary to watch, and then of course it would be just the Lions. It would be just the Lions to right at the very end of it swoops well right from under us. And I get the pick. I get. I mean, you have a new quarterback. You want to make sure he's protected. That's been a big thing with Matt Stafford. You know, that wasn't a lot of protection for him. So. I get that. It's still going to make me angry. So then you go with the next – I mean, I'm assuming that's your number two lineman right there off the bat if we're going with Rashawn Slater at that eighth pick. And, of course, offensive lineman, I'm perfectly fine with it. Talk a little bit about that pick. Yeah, um, I'm not so sure the Panthers won't take Slater over Sewell. Um, at the end of the day, I think – I don't think – you know, I think another team could take Slater over Sewell. I think we're, we might not – I think the league sees them as a lot closer than other people do. And apparently there is um, some concerns with Sewell's um, just maturity issues. And so I don't, we, we have no idea about that. Sewell's my top offensive lineman and Slater is second by far. And so, you know, uh, I, I would be ecstatic with him at eight. It's, um, it's not the worst case scenario, but it, you know, I, the best board for us is if Sewell, 
Slater and Pitts are available. That would be awesome if we have three, the choice of all three. And here we only have a choice of one, which is fine because, uh, you know, Slater, I think, I think Matt Rule is really going to like Slater. If we take Slater, it's going to be a lot of influence on Matt Rule. He's just a Northwestern, you know, tough old school lineman that's just going to, uh, you know, do the dirty work. And that's what Matt Rule likes. And that's what he's building here. So I think uh, Slater kind of epitomizes the, the culture that we're working on here. The thing with Slater is tested really well. Um, but he's got short arms. So people are going to naturally want to move him inside to guard, which, you know, if that happens and we still get a good lineman, it happens, you know, and it's still worth the pick. Um, I think personally you try him at tackle early and if it doesn't work, you kick him inside and he's going to be a great guard for you. So I see this, at, if this, if the board falls like this, this is the no question pick um, at eight, but there's so many different ways it could play out. Like you see uh, as you know, the, the lines have been real quiet. And so that's why I had him go school. It's not something that usually happens, but Picking at seven, if for them to get the best tackle in the draft, that could be interesting. So I'm kind of wondering your guys' thoughts on how the board falls and how would you guys feel with the Slater pick? Well, first, I'm probably you go, Shanties. Oh yeah, I better say I'm 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 fine with it. I mean, like I said now, nah, I'll admit when it comes out when it comes out of the offensive lineman, I don't do a lot, whole lot of digging. If that if they're in the top five, I want them. Uh, yeah, if he's if he's the next best guy besides Sewell, then take him. We need we need to show the offensive line because I don't think you can give Sam Darnold a fair shake if we don't beef up that offensive line, and I don't think it's fair to anybody in that in in that locker room if we don't fix the offensive line. Now, Shanti, do you think? I mean, the when picking at eight, I mean, if you're picked inside the top ten, it's more than certain that you're going to be having to make an immediate impact playing starting week one. How small is the margin of error for him when he's coming in? Because imagine he's going to, and Tyler ask you this next, but imagine he's coming in, he's fitting in somewhere. How small? I mean, how much time? How much of a window does he get? Oh man, I I, I won't I won't lie. As far I mean, the window's not at. You've invested a top ten pick into him, so you do have to give him time. So you, so you can't. So if it doesn't work out, maybe year one, you can't just you can't be too tanky because that seems to be the issue. I don't want to say I want to say it's the issue with our new regime. It just seems to be the trend where they are very quick to pull the trigger, and you're gonna have to sit there and wait on a guy, which is why I suggest that maybe maybe not trading for Sam Darnold because maybe you need to wait, just wait and get your guys and just have that type of – just have a level of patience because, mind you, everything about Carolina John, from the head coach to the OC to the DC, everything in that franchise is John. So you can't just – you can't be so quick to pull the trigger on certain guys, especially young guys. You're going to have to sit there and wait and have to develop. So, I mean, that, that went – but I will say that the, based off what David Tepper and them have done, that window isn't very big for him to be able to come in and establish himself if, if he falters early. I get that. Um, I, to my point, of, I think – I think Slater there, from what I've been hearing, especially about Sewell, I think that's the better pick. I think regardless of who's on the board, I think that's the one I'd rather go with because of the the, the way he would fit into our character and into our scheme. And offensive linemen have been a bit of, you know, gambles in the past couple of years in terms of in that top 10 first round wrap. I mean, we looked at, look at the Titans. They weren't for top 10, of course, but they got with Isaiah Wilson last year. If immaturity is an issue with Sewell, are not necessarily immaturity, but you know what I'm saying? I mean, it depends on how they, what they mean by maturity, but that's what I'm saying. I mean, you might want to hold off on it a bit. And then just, I mean, we have been quick to take the better guy, even though he might have some more speed bumps, hence Greg Little. I mean, look how much that has really paid off. That was a guy we were all really excited about 
we knew the risks when we took him, or maybe not all of us were excited about, but we knew the risk. I was just happy they were getting an offensive lineman, but we knew the risks when we took him, and clearly they have not paid all, paid dividends the way we would have liked. So if Slater's the more lockdown guy, I'm perfectly fine with it. Now, Tyler, what I do want to ask is you've got that running depth chart going. You you know, there's the, the small arm has the tendency to move him inside. Where do you see him fitting in to that depth chart with the line that we have now? Yeah, um, I think we got to try him at left tackle because – uh, you know, Greg Little has not been good, and I think I think he, he can play tackle. I think he can make it work because we see – I mean, he's kind of an exception to the rule with the, his arm length, but we've seen guys been able to do it. So I think you try him there and you really try him hard. You don't just throw him in there and, eh, it doesn't work, we switch him. You really try to work on him there and give him some time and effort there, and if it doesn't and it's just not working because of his length, then we kick him inside to right guard because it – you know, Pat Elfline's always played left guard his entire career, and I think he's going to slot right in there for us. And at right guard, right now we're projected to probably have you know some some sort of combination of Dennis Daly in there. And like I, like we've talked about, we kind of like Daly as that sixth offense lineman who can also kind of play multiple positions. But you kind of want him coming off the bench, and he's fine in that role. So you know, I think either way, we're upgrading our offense line depending on where we get Slater. And um, I would really really appreciate and like if they were able to fit him in that left tackle just put him there because we haven't had a left tackle that was consistent for us since Jordan Grove so <laughs> miss those days and you know we Jack Jack as much as anybody knows uh, we gotta we gotta free, protect the quarterback and get oh, that oh, please for please for the love of God now I know it's harder for an offensive lineman but do you have a pro player comparison for Slater hmm you know and if he's, it's taking you if it's taking you off the jump we can cut it <laughs> Yeah, you know, Slater is a you know, tough, tough lineman who can kind of do it all. And he tested really well, you know, 6'4", 304. And um, it's it's tough because, you know, that length is you – know, it's, it's, it's still the 43 percentile for his height, but, um, but arm length is 28th percentile um, among the history of tackle. So it's tough. Um, on this website, Mock Draftable, his closest comparison is actually Ali Marpet who plays guard for the Buccaneers. Um, they're close because, you know, athleticism, height, length. So, you know, if his closest comparison is a guard and a lot of his other close comparisons are also interiors, um, he's really going to have to be the exception to a rule. But, um, you know, I, th I think he can do it. Now, if we don't have, you know, if Slater's not available, God forbid Sewell's not available, God forbid Pitts isn't available, what is your? Did you have a backup set in place? Are you looking at you know? Um, are you looking at certain? Are you looking at like who, who who's coming up next in that backup? If you know all, if it's if it's an emergency, we and it's you know code red. We got to get somebody. Who who are you picking then? Yeah, I really do think that's like an emergency. I, I'm I'm fairly confident at least one of them is going to be there, especially looking at the board in front of us and how many quarterbacks we think are going to go. Which is, you know, now we're rooting for quarterbacks to go. A couple of weeks ago, before we got Darnold, we're like, no, no, we don't, you know, don't take them. And now we're like, please take them so we can get more talent just pushing down the board to us. So that's what we're really looking at now. So I don't think that could happen, but you you never know. So we always got to prepare for it and. Um, I think, you know, that's definitely going to be the worst case scenario. And I wouldn't, even if one of them is available or, or multiple of them are available, I wouldn't rule out Patrick Sertan to us. Um, Three-year starter for Alabama under Nick Saban at corner um, was, so his freshman year looked really good and up and coming freshman, um, going to be a star. Sophomore year wasn't as good as it was still fine. And then this year he played really good and, um, 
uh, you know, he's my cornerback too, as you guys know, behind your boy, JC Horn. Um, I don't think the Panthers will go Horn. Um, I do think Sertan's definitely going to be on the board though, because um, like like we talked about last episode, our need at corner is still really big, especially after the, even after the yeah. boy age trade, um, we got to address it. And just like, just like offensive line, just like left tackle, we haven't had that one cornerback that can, you know, stay on the outside and lock someone down for an entire game. So if we, if we're able to find that in Sertan, then that'll be great. I wouldn't do it. I'm, I'm not that high on Sertan more of a, I'm more of a mid to late first with Sertan. Um, and that brings me to my next point. Uh, I think the Panthers are a team where uh, we're real, we're a hotspot now where teams are going to try to trade up for um, teams are going to try to trade up for a quarterback. And as we know, number nine, the Broncos need a quarterback. So you could see teams like the Patriots, uh, the Washington, uh, the Bears coming up at the eight even to go get their guy because, you know, after Mac Jones, they're not going to take a quarterback. And a lot of these teams are really quarterback hungry. So a lot could happen at eight, especially if the board falls like like that. Definitely. And so, the, all right, well, uh, so you kind of mentioned it. So is, do you have a trade scenario? Is there any trade scenarios that you came up with for that eighth pick? Yeah. Um, so looking at it, I think, you know, it's hard to project the you know Washington to come all the way up. That's a pretty big jump. The Bears to come all the way up. That's it's it's definitely happened before, but it's really hard to project. So I think you know looking at New England at fifteen for us to go down there, um, that they, they'll come up and get their guy at quarterback, whether that's Mac Jones, Trey Lance, whoever. Um, the Broncos will be really upset because they just got jumped for him. But uh, if we could go down to fifteen, I think there's there's going to be some good talent still available. I think the top two corners, Sertan and Horn, will be long gone by then. But I think you know we're talking about character concerns with Sewell. I think that's also going to kind of lead to Micah Parsons falling. And he was a guy early on that we talked about as a potential option for us, um, even like during the season. And um, now he's kind of he's not getting the hype. I don't think he. I, He's not getting the hype I think he deserves on the field. I can completely understand if there's off-field issues that, you know, we just can't really judge right now. But, you know, at 15, if he falls to us, he's actually my fourth-ranked player, um, which is, um, you know, a lot higher than most. So I would definitely be a fan of that, especially if we accumulate more draft capital, some draft capital to kind of replace what we gave up for Darnold and then take Parsons. I wouldn't be too mad about that. Yeah, I mean, part of me, and Shanti Sitaq is about this, but part of me with Parsons, I mean, I was a fan of him too, and I was looking at him for maybe, you know, especially with how shambly our linebacking core was this year. But then you look at the picks, I mean, the, the pickups we made with, you know, Hassan Reddick and with, um, oh, God forbid, the dude from the Chargers. Thank you, Perryman. And now, I mean, it obviously wouldn't hurt, and I think that was more so my, like, kind of, I don't know if, if you want to go up that high at eight, but, you know, maybe trading back up into it. But that's something that I was I was still looking at. Ashanti, I don't know what, you, what your thoughts were. Yeah, once we got Denzel Perryman, and I know Perry, I know there's health concerns with Perryman because, you know, it's his the best, the best ability, his availability, and sometimes he, he struggles with that. When it came down to the to, – the only issue that I ever had with Michael Parsons was only the um, was only the character concerns because, I mean, it's, it's – now it's okay. We're going to invest a first round pick into you, and we're we wouldn't be expecting you to be a day one starter and and everything. And you would need to be able to be to you would need to be able to command the defense at some point in the future. I, I don't know. I just linebacker linebacker now just doesn't feel as important. Like you know, like, like when we checked the Luke Kuechly, linebacker still felt like you had to have a a great middle linebacker in order to have a great defense. I've seen defenses now get away with not having. You just have a you just have a great athlete there, 
and you just kind of you, and you just kind of you just kind of roll with it. As long, as long as you have edge rushers and great secondary players, you can kind of get away with not having great linebacking cores. And I, and and that's kind of what's made me fall off on taking a linebacker eight or 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 fifteen if we trade up with the Patriots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My thing with the you know the reason I think I would be really excited with that is one because we get some draft capital by moving back, so that's always great. Two. I don't. I don't want to let good players stop us from taking a potentially a great player at 15. And if you remember back in 2012, that we drafted uh, Luke Keekley, uh, and yeah. at the time we had John Beeson, we had Thomas Davis. It didn't stop us from taking Luke Keekley, and um, he ended up being the best of the bunch. John Beeson ended up, you know, leaving, and Keekley, you know, Panthers legend. So you know, you never know. I I don't think Denzel Perryman. Or, uh, or anyone else should, or even Shaq Thompson should stop us take, from taking Parsons if we feel like he's the best available. And I think he'd fit really well. Um, I think we could do a lot of different stuff with, you know, Hassan Reddick is going to kind of be your hybrid player, but you're really going to want to play him, you know, up uh, as an end because, you know, the Cardinals for the first couple of years tried to play him at both and it really wasn't working out. And when, once they really let him go and rush the passer, that's when he, that's when he got his money with us. So, um, and, that, and that's what Parsons brings to the table too. He can really rush the passer from the interior. I'd say a weakness of Parsons is probably his coverage, um, but he can he definitely can develop as we saw how he tested um, at the pro day. Definitely a great athlete. Um, nowhere near, you know, Keekly coming out when it comes to uh, in between the ears, but, you know, 15 overall for my fourth ranked player, I, I would definitely be happy with him. No, I, I could definitely agree with that. So now looking at, you know, the next couple of picks that you got to us: Broncos with Mac Jones, Cowboys with Patrick Chartain. Giants with Jalen Waddle, Eagles with Devonta Smith, and Chargers with J.C. Horn. Talk. About, I mean, the the I, the Broncos and Mac Jones one. I think is I think is funny. I think could pan out just the way that they they I could put them in the situation they're in right now. Again, in another five years, I don't know what y'all's thoughts are on that. Same thing. I, I, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. You probably got Drew. You probably got Drew Locke's doppelganger. And and. Uh, bro, I just don't. I I just can't see the. I couldn't see the purpose of taking Matt Jones in the first round, because I don't think he's a first round talent. I and and if and if I'm taking a quarterback in the first round, he has to be a starter at some point. Like whether mm-hmm. if, if if not for day one, he has to be at some point. He has to be a starter at some point throughout the course of probably that rookie season or that second year. And like, and I just don't think that with I and maybe with the weapons. That they have over there in Denver, they do have that. They they do have good young receivers. Maybe they feel that Matt Jones, coming from a situation where he played with great receivers at Alabama, will be reuniting with Jerry Judy. Maybe he could maybe maybe he could take those receivers and do what we think Drew Lock is supposed to do. But I don't. I, after Lance, there's no quarterback be, that should be taken in the first round. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think. Yeah, I agree. I have I have Mac Jones as a third round grade. And, uh, you know, I, and I mean, my quarterback grades are usually a little bit lower and they get boosted up because they're quarterbacks. And I, I had Locke as a third round grade. Um, I think Mac Jones is definitely a lot better than Drew Locke right now. Uh, and the thing, the tough part about the chart or about the Broncos, excuse me, is that that roster is ready right now. That is a great roster. If you look at it, they don't have, they need to go quarterback and then they need a linebacker. So, so they're ready to do this thing now. So, you know, if they can, you know, get a facilitator, even at, with Mac Jones, and he he can do, he's capable of, as we saw, fitting into an offense with talent around him, and he's going to be better than Locke. So, 
you know, he, I can I cannot really warrant taking a third round grade in the in the top ten like this. But with the way their roster is right now, it's almost like if they don't get a quarterback, they're kind of wasting a year. And um, you know, it's it's a really tough position they're in. And I think they really need to be aggressive to get up. You know, if I'm the Broncos, I'm doing all I can to get pick to get to the Falcons pick and t- take a quarterback because you know they are a quarterback away from being a playoff caliber team. I'm surprised, honestly, we didn't hear more like more inklings for them to try to get after Watson when that was all going down. I'm surprised we didn't hear a lot more of that because, like you said, I mean, they have a young and talented roster ready to go if it has under the right direction. The thing that concerns me, for the one thing, I mean, like if you look at the Broncos, it's almost been like the Texans before Watson, just a revolving door of of just irrelevant quarterbacks coming in that have just made no impact, coming for a year, year and a half, and then split. I mean, they're, uh, Trevor Simeon was one of their guys. They're like, oh, this is going to be the next dude. And then look how, look how well that went. So in my mind, like if you're going to try for that, then yeah, Mac is not your guy to try to do that because there's a lot of what ifs with Mac. Yes, his ceiling could be really high. I mean, I guess in my mind, they're thinking, oh, you know, a bit bigger pocket passer quarterback. I mean, their crazy thoughts is, okay, cool, another John Elway. Lord knows that's never going to happen. But in my mind, he definitely is better than Drew Locke, although that's not saying much. But then in my mind, it's not really a talent thing because, yes, we've seen that, you know, Mac Jones can come into an insane offense. He would have the connection already built to Jerry Judy that he can come into an, a talented offense and perform. Question is, it's not really the players in my mind. Is the coaching staff able to facilitate improvement in Mac Jones? Because in my mind, I'm not really seeing that from that coaching staff. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a defense-minded coaching staff there with Vic Fangio. Um, but he's experienced and, you know, if they, if they're able to run the ball and play defense, you know, Mac Jones is going to fit in well, especially off the play action. And I know, I know that doesn't sound very exciting and he, no matter where he ends up, he's not going to be, he's not going to be a, the quarterback that takes the team to the playoffs. If he's on a team that goes to the playoffs, goes to the Super Bowl, it's going to be kind of become because of the good players around him. And I think it can happen. It just, you know, I, I would rather gamble on a guy like Trey Lance who, you know, he has the ability to develop into a guy that can get you there. Yeah. And then look, looking forward, I like, I mean, certain, I don't like it. I, I mean, it, it fits. And if Vander Esch, remind me if I was wrong, he was out last season, correct? Didn't he was, he wasn't he one of the ones that tore his ACL last year? Oh uh, yeah. He's Ooh. been banged up. Yeah. He's been, but, 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 but the two of them together, if Vander Esch is healthy and certain, that could be, that could be a good combination for that cow, just to give that defense some solidity. And then of course, and then getting, you know, two Bama receivers back-to-back and Waddle and Smith to the Cowboys and the, or excuse me, to the Giants and to the Eagles. Also, how in the world did the Cowboys, Giants, and Eagles all get picks <laughs> right after each other? That Was that trades or is that just how bad that division That's is? How That's how it is. That's ridiculous. But I, I'd see oh, – uh, I see no, 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 the Eagles trade. The Eagles traded out, my bad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would love – I would love the Eagles with with Smith because I'm I'm assuming he 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 definitely did play with um with Hertz, correct? Yep. Yeah, for like okay. a year. I would love that connection right off the bat. I mean, Chantis, how how would that look for the Eagles? That would bring some life to that offense that they haven't had in a while. They need it in the worst way. You think about what they've had, what they struggled with the last couple of years is health at that receiver position. You think about how Sean's been out, Deshaun was out. Nelson Aguilar had kind of started to become a become a guy, but then you know you you let him go to the Raiders. So yeah, and 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 you and if you're moving forward with Jalen Hurts, you need to let us know. You need to let the world know that you're actually moving forward with him and not looking to just you know not looking just to go ahead and replace him after you know you said you got a new coach. Bring in Vontae Smith, who I think, uh, which me personally, I think he's the best receiver coming out. 
uh, in my mind, it's, it's it's him and Jamar Chase one and two, and it's you know after that you can kind of, you kind of do 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 that what you will. I think I think bringing him in would would help. They still have other issues, but it would definitely be of help to 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 that current situation. I believe that, and then charges with J.C. Horn. I'm not gonna lie, I'd love to see Horn in the bold in blue. I think that would bring some fire to that defensive backing group. It's had some issues in the past, had some inconsistencies. I think he'd make an immediate, immediate impact on that team. And I would like to see him ball out there. If he's looking good in those colors, I, I could care less. And it's going to be out of our division because the worst thing would be for him to go to his dad's team and go to the Saints and pair up with Lattimore. I would, I would hate for him to fall to that point because that would just be – I, I I would never want to watch a Saints game. I couldn't. I if I saw him in a Saints uniform, I would throw up. I I, I know I don't. I know Shantice feels the same way. I I I be absolutely sick. I mean, JC JC Horn. I look. I just can't. JC Horn. I, I like how he will fit with the Chargers. I think he'll fit with any team because I think he's just that good at his position. So I think he's one of those guys. That, I mean, he, play, he, he he's he's a press man type of corner. I mean, of course you of course you have schematics that go into play as far as whether he'll be successful, but. That skill of just being able to take a guy man on man, it transfers everywhere. You can you can take that and plug it in, plug it, plug it in any and everywhere. And that's a team that needs that need that needed help. They needed help finishing games. So again, strengthening strengthening that that defense alongside what you got what you already got have working on offense, you know, you that it, it should do them some good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And looking at real offense lines usually a big, a big mock to the Chargers because, you know, they kind of put it off for a couple of years and, uh, you know, you got Herbert, you want to protect him, but, you know, Brandon Staley coming over and we saw what he did with the Rams last year. He took Ramsey and pretty much took away a whole side of the field and then let his defense do the rest of the work. So I think if he can get his, you know, Ramsey, you know, Horn's not going to be Ramsey right off the jump, but if he can get his number one corner that can, you know, take away one receiver, I think, you know, it's going to be really hard for him to pass that up. I could definitely see that. So continue looking forward. You got Christian Barmore with the Vikings, Micah Parsons to the Patriots, Elijah, I think, Elijah. Mm-hmm. Elijah Vera Tucker to the Cardinals. I'm not even going to try that one for the Raiders. Tyler, you, I don't, I don't even want to. Jeremiah Wusu-Kormoa. Okay, cool. I, that was too many letters and not enough sounds. And then Rashad Bateman to the Dolphins. Talk about – I the one I want to hear more most about is Micah Parsons to the Patriots. That one interested me because you don't think they want to get Cam an offensive lineman or any weapons. Uh, I, I think that offense line is really well built up for Cam, and I think they're kind of in that fringe spot right there where it might it's they missed out on the top three receivers and pits, and now they're kind of in no man's land where it might be a little bit too early for Bateman um, or any of the other receivers. So I had him going with the best player there. I think it's going to be really hard for Bill to pass up on Parsons. That's you know that's what he likes. That's he's he's. A younger, healthier, faster Dante Hightower who can with the same kind of skill set. So you get him in there, you can that opens up a lot for the defense. So, you know, Micah Parsons at that 15th pick, whether it's the Patriots or whoever it is, I think that might be a hot spot for him. I and Lord knows that defense needs it. I I I'm a I'm a fan of that pick. And I'm a fan of seeing him go there because Lord knows that defense needs some help. Now they're going to have a lot of guys back. That was the worst part about this whole camp thing is everyone just seemed to forget how many players opted out of that season because of COVID. Everyone, everyone just blinked an eye at it, but I'm definitely, definitely a fan of that one. And then I like, I think that Dolphins with Rashad Bateman. Now is that one they have or is that a trade you're projecting? No, that, that's that there. Yep. That's there. So, I mean, that, I mean, you just, you, you file, you fill in on it and you just continue to give them weapons and to give them something on that offense. Cause that was their, 
you know, that was their, their kind of their cross to, to fall on is that they get their defense. The defense could hold people to 14 points, but if their offense couldn't score 14 points, it didn't really matter. So you get, uh, you know, get to a, get him in the rhythm of things and get him some firepower. I mean, Bateman coming out of Minnesota, he was playing. I mean, that was a team that was, you know, that always performs well more than expected. And that was never really looked at, you know, as, as good as they were, but especially this year and coming off of, you know, I mean, that's, I, I definitely think so. That's that's a good that's a that's a good fit for him there. Yeah, definitely. And it's kind of an interesting situation here with the Dolphins. We kind of heard that they were in on the Watson thing uh, when that was still you know feasible, and it, um, they were acquired some of these first round picks. And they have so many first round picks in the future. I think right now they need to surround Tua with weapons and really see what they got with him. Because say this Watson thing works out and um, he's available again. They and they surround Tua with these guys, and he doesn't work out. They have the capital to easily make a move for Watson if they want to get it out of the Tua thing. So I think they got to give Tua no excuses right now and um, give him some more talent at receiver and just on offense. So far, this haul in this draft would be Kyle Pitts and Rashad Bateman. I think that would be pretty solid. <laughs> that would be, I mean, yeah, that's a pretty solid draft right there. And they're using those picks that they got to the best of their ability. Looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Hey, 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 to interrupt, but what, what would be the ceiling for the Dolphins this year to make them believe that, that okay, two is the guy we need to roll with? Like, how many wins do they have to – I mean, I know playoffs has to be, has to be in the future. How many wins do they have to hit? And how does it – does it have to look a certain way, or does it just matter about the results? Yeah, I, th- I mean, if it were me, it, it would be more, more about how the context than just the results and the process. But um, I think, you know, that offense has to be – a, a main reason why they're winning. I don't think it can be just because of their defense like last year. That offense and defense need to be a lot closer in, you know, productivity and talent this year. So um, that offense, they have to win because of the offense in some games. Yeah. Can't win every game just because of their defense. And that offense has to step up at crucial points in the year. And if they can't win games, then uh, that's going to be, they're going to have some decisions to make. I mean, in the reality of the Dolphins last year, and it, I mean, you can look at it any way you want in terms of their offense. Their defense and the production level, in and how and their point mark and their point differentials, their turnover differentials, it was equivocal to the Panthers' defense of 2015. Just their offense couldn't get to it. Their offense couldn't get what needed to be done. I mean, their defense was playing lights out most of that. When you pick off Patrick Mahomes that many times in a game, but then still lose because your offense can't put up the points to match, that's a problem. And I mean, they were probably one of the most unlucky teams of the of you know since the merger because of how they missed that playoffs. I mean you look at how the division was, you look how the conference was as a whole, and they were right there on the line, but just a few couple tiebreakers and just one, you know, couple like basically just points away from getting in. So I think with the way that division is, the uncertainty of you know the I mean the Patriots, you know, who knows if the Bills are going to be as good this year as they were last year. I think for them you Shanti, you're talking about a ceiling. I don't necessarily think it's a division win. I think it's got to be a play. You got to get at least a wild card spot. You know, I mean, they, they keep inching closer and closer. And I think they got to just, they, they got to get back into it. And I think Tua has to be the one to push them into that because we've seen how you can have a really good team around you and get really, really far. But if your young quarterback who is inexperienced can't get the job done, i.e., Jimmy Garoppolo, then it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, even Mahomes coming in his second Super Bowl, Lord knows he's got at least experience, but when you're going up against the GOAT and a defense like the Bucks had, it ain't going to matter. You know, you still have to be able to have that star power to push through. And so I think it's like, I mean, Shantice and I watched that, the 49ers Chiefs Super Bowl together a couple of years back. It was evident that when the push came to shove and the minutes were, cl- when the clock was ticking down, 
The issue was that your quarterback could not complete those passes on third down and could not, your defense could make the stops it needed to, to get you to those positions, but it didn't get through. So I think the ceiling is if they get, if they get these guys and you have the line that you do and you have the defense that you do and you get Kyle Pitts and Bateman coming off, you got to get a wild card spot or else, you know, the, 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 the experiment that you've had, not even experiment, but just the strategy you've had as the Dolphins in the last three years is going to go down the crapper. And I think that would really suck because, I mean, that whole division is fun to watch in my mind, other than the Jets. <laughs> that whole division is interesting to watch. And I'd like to see, you know, we've had such plain, same team doing the same thing, you know, every year. I'd like to see some competition in that finally. Um, so moving forward, we're looking at some more picks. you got the Washington football team with Christian Derisaw. Derisaw? Derisaw? Uh, and then you've got Bears with uh, Tevin Jenkins, Colts with Greg Newsom uh, II, Titans with Trayvon Morig. Is that his name? I think so. Yeah. So that's a safety uh, from TCU, I believe, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, we got yeah. it. not here, but we still got to mention it. I mean, yeah, Lord knows Titans need a safety to, buy, to back off a of Bayard. Yeah, just add some more uh, depth, add some more talent back there on the back end. Um, I'm pretty confident uh, Merrick's going to find his way into the first. I'm not really sure where, though. So um, I want to try try this out and give, him, give it to him here and see how it kind of played out after that. And I think him and Bayard would be a great combination back there. I've, I'm not as big on Merrick to where I take him in the first. The safety class definitely isn't what it was last year with Jeremy Chin, Antoine Winfield, Xavier McKinney. But um, – but it's it's solid, and there's guys that you I think you can find that fill rule. So I think because the safety class is a little bit thinner, you can see some guys kind of get pushed up the board and go higher than they normally would. Now, do you think he can make come off the bat and make a starting you know impact? Because they cut Kenny Vaccaro, so they got Byard back there, and that's it. <laughs> Yeah, I think he can. Um, so it's like it's Dane Krumchenk and Amani Hooker who he'll compete against. Solid players, but not really going to move the needle or, you know, they're kind of talking about that good players versus, you know, great players thing. And I think Mary can uh, – he, he can do a little bit of everything, which is why I think he's enticing for, you know, this Titans defense. And he would pair really well with Bayard because of both of their versatilities. And that would open up a lot on, for them to do on the back end there because I think Mary can, you know, he's going to be best off playing that deep safety role. But he can even, you know, drop down a little bit to the nickel and, you know, kind of like we see with Jeremy Chin here and there. So then pushing through into the end of this first round, because we don't after that, we don't really care about any of the other ones. And so you've got Jets with Jalen Phillips. You got Steelers with Najee Harris. That one was interesting. Um, you got Jaguars with Kadarius Tony. Browns with Aziz Ojalari. Good lord, where are these names coming from? You got Ravens with Quiddy Pay. There you go. Yep. <laughs> my goodness. You're really giving me the run for my money here. Saints with Caleb Farley, Packers with Samuel Cosme. Bills with Jason Away, Chiefs with Liam Eichenberg, and then Buccaneers with Travis at the end. I know all my friends in South Carolina that went to Clemson would just be drooling over that one. Although he wouldn't really make much of an impact with the running back group they have there. He would get some, you know, experience there. Regardless, though, so now pushing through, you've you've gotten because we're going to preview a little bit to next week when we're going to have that full seven-round mock for you, which we won't go through all of those picks, but we'll go through the Panthers picks and what led to those. But just to give us a little preview of the other picks that you've got in store. And that might be different than what you have next week, but it just leaves for this one. What do you got in store for us this week with those next couple rounds? Yeah. So it'll be different next week, but um, finishing the rest of this draft for just the Panthers. Um, a guy we talked about a lot on here. Um, I picked 39, Eric Stokes. Bring him, bring him, give it to me. I need it. 
yeah, we need that corner out there, a guy that we can just rely on and throw him out there and not have to worry about it. And we don't have that right now, and I think we, if we can get a guy that can take away number one wide receivers or at least help with them, uh, I think we got to do it. Yep. I agree. I agree. <laughs> Thank you for your input, Shanties. <laughs> well, 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 I mean, we, we, we've kind of we've kind of beaten that horse into the ground. Like you know, like, we all know that we. Don't have a number one cornerback right now, so like I mean, and we, and we agreed on Eric Stokes last week. I mean, like I, I like let's go back and copy paste what I said last week. I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry, I, I'm I'm cool, I'm cool with Eric Stokes. You know, we 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 already agreed on that one. No, hundred percent. There's no, you're not gonna get any any resistance from me. No. Yeah. So next up. Uh... Pete Warner at 73, kind of a linebacker from Ohio State who can do a little bit of everything. Uh, tested really well, and he was multi-year starter there, played a lot of different positions, really opened up a, a lot of different things they could do on defense at Ohio State. I think he's the best Ohio State linebacker over some of these other guys that are getting some late hype here, like Baron Browning. Um, I think he can. he's a great cover guy. He, he adds value as a blitzer, and he's a smart player that will be a you know, guy that you can have starting there for um, for a long time. So uh, how would you guys feel about linebacker Pete Warner in the third? I Again, I, I mean, we talked about, you know, the needs that this team has and top three offensive line and cornerback. And then, of course, linebacker was still kind of sitting there. Now, I mean – it's it's interesting with who we've got now, but I'm not I'm not going to shy away from a linebacker, especially if he can come in and he's a bit under you know under the radar and he's a bit more looked at. I mean I I'll take it. I've seen some of the tape the tape on him, and I I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm a big fan. I I guess my my whole thing was going to be with Tyler. I mean what what would be his what would be his ceiling as far as the type of player you think you think he could be? I mean be, being a third round pick, it will be a high value if he comes in and could possibly. Maybe not be a day one starter, but 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 at least work himself into the rotation. What 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 like what level do you see him being as an NFL player? Uh, I think he can be a guy that gets that second contract, and I think he can be a guy that's here for a, you know a long time. Not going to be a player that is ever going to be a star. I don't think that's in him, but I think he can be a solid starter that you can rely on week to week. Um, I think he he'd be a great fit with Shaq Thompson. Add some more athleticism and speed. Uh, to that linebacking group and with him i don't i think he's very athletic but i don't think he sacrifices much of that toughness and much of that strength to really you know do the dirty work um against the run so i think he's versatile enough to where we can um you know develop him a little bit and i don't think he'll take too long because he's played a ton of snaps for ohio state and i think he could also contribute on special teams and in the third round you're kind of getting to that point where uh, you know, you're almost throwing darts. So uh, I think in the third round, if you can get a guy that you feel confident um, playing past his first contract, I think you, you know, it's a great, it's a great fit. Now, as a, you know, because the Panthers have had that motif of that kind of linebacker, they could come in and fill in when needed. You think he fits into like an AJ Klein or even dare I say it, a Dan Morgan? You know, I think, I think his best comp would be Shaq Thompson. Uh, I think really? That's probably closest to yeah i think that's that's probably what he's closest to uh, you know uh, and and that's not a bad thing uh i think no, another no. Athletic guy in there um and like i said he, he you know shaq's gotten a lot better over his over his career against against the run when he can't was coming in he was he was still that hybrid safety guy i think his rookie year but after a year or two he really put, you know put on some weight learned got a lot smarter and um is really developed a, a, a solid linebacker in the league and he's kind of a guy where shaq is is not the star that um everybody like clamors over and he's but but we don't complain about him either he does the job he's fine and i think that can be kind of what pete werner is for us and i don't think we uh, i wouldn't be complaining about that in the third round no 
I'd, I'd be cool with that right there. So now you got your next pick. Yeah, so uh, you know, in the fourth round, Talano Hufunga, another guy we kind of talked about here. I think he's a uh, what? Who? <laughs> you can't say that name that fast and then just go right past it. That's like freaking Tish Tishmanga Biakabuka. I don't even care. You know that one player we had whose name was literally longer than a Wi-Fi password. Yeah, yeah. This is a tough, tough draft class for, for names, at least the Panthers pick. So, so yeah, Ufanga can do it all. Versatile player. You know, he's my safety, my second rated safety in the class. And for us to get him in the fourth round, um, it's uh, the issue with him is the injury issues. But, um, but he has the ball production, great tackler, great hitter, you know, multi year starter for the Trojans. And, um, you know, I don't know about his ability to be playing deep too often. Uh, you know, is that deep safety? But he's he's going to be playing in the box, and he's a physical player, and he, you know, great athlete. So I think you know, adding him to our defense can really open up a lot, of, a lot of new stuff we can do. I'm never going to shy away from any depth at safety. Lord knows we need it when we can get it. Uh, things it does scare me a little bit when you've got guys like you know when we have. I mean, the injury scared me a little bit because you know we've seen how like you know kind of those gamble picks like. Uh, Kenny Robinson kind of paid off and we still don't even know. I don't even know if he's on the team anymore. I thought we signed him back at one point, but I think we cut him again after signing him. But um, Lord knows that I think we at least need to, 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 to create some depth of that position, because I think that's a big thing for our team in general, just the NFL, which it's just depth, depth, depth. Definitely. Yeah, and yeah. He, he plays more into that. Like, like, like you said, so he plays more into that versatile <laughs> role that we had Jeremy Chan in last year, allows us to move Chan back to a natural safety spot. So, I mean, I, I if he, if he can alleviate, if he can alleviate some of the responsibilities off Jeremy Chan, because I want Chan to actually get to a spot where we're like sticking at one position and just and just allow him to play. Because I mean, while while being versatile is great, we do still need safety help. And if Chan, and if Chan can be that without us having to go out and draft the guy that has to play that position, and we have a guy that already, that's already been here for a year, already showing signs of being a great ball, then I'm all for it. Mm -hmm, definitely. So then looking at our next pick, Drew Dahlman, uh, center I kind of found lately. He was not getting much buzz. I watched him film on him. Uh, rare athletic center. Um, definitely, you know, a little bit of a project got to work on him. But I think, you know, at this point in the draft, adding offensive line depth is something uh, we shouldn't be afraid of, as Jack will tell you. Um, I think, you know, Paradis hasn't been great for us, to, um, to put it simply. And uh, he could be out of out of there soon. So getting Dahlman, uh, a guy I really like, um, could be could be beneficial at this point of the draft. And then after that, I had him taking our first drafted Clemson player ever. Uh, we still haven't still haven't drafted a Clemson player. I had him taking Cornell Powell, a tough guy who I think can play in the slot and add to our receiving group. And um, you know we're, we've been looking for that third receiver, and I think we're definitely going to bring in competition for David Moore. And Powell is a guy who really emerged for Clemson this year after not playing much in his first couple of years because just have much talents there at receiver. But uh, he he's a tough receiver; he can do it. Kind of good at everything. Not not uh, not great at just one different thing. So I think he could come in and compete early on. So I you know I, I I'd be pretty happy with that. Dolman yeah. is where I'm, I'm. I'd be. I'd be fine with Dolman with Tyler Larson walking. We need, especially not only depth at the offensive line, but at center especially, because I don't even know if we have anybody else back behind Paradis. And he was, you know, he had games where he was missing this year, and that's not, you know, it's been a, a thing for him is that injuries have been a problem. So I'm okay with that. Sorry, I'm not. I mean, I know we need receivers. I'm never going to facilitate drafting a first Clemson player if we can keep pushing that off. I'm okay with it. The closest we got was signing Ben Bulware. Thank goodness we didn't do that. Oh, I would have hated that. But so, I mean, Bow made, he made an impact on the people down there in Clemson. They might be mad at me for saying it, but I, 
we can push it off. There's we can find somebody else. There's another receiver we can get. Yeah, but you know, Powell just fits that type of receiver that we just he fits the type of mold that Curtis Samuel just was that we, that that we let go. So I mean, I, I I'm you know he he would come in I think and fit seamlessly into that offense and what we do. Fair enough. And then you got two more for us. You know, the six and seven or yeah, seven. So, and seven. Yep, Wyatt Hubert. Um, you know, a defensive lineman from Kansas State, um, kind of that tweener position where he's kind of between an end and an interior. And so I would kind of hope we bulk him up a little bit and put, put him in on the interior because I don't think we're in the spot to do it right now with our draft picks and some of our needs. But if we're able to get another interior defensive lineman that can really, you know, become a true starter for us and a guy we can rely on every down, our defense line is going to be that's going to be a really good defense line with, you know, looking at Yator, Brian Burns, Derek Brown, and then Hassan Reddick off the bench. And then another interior, some guy that can get a feel of the three tech pass rusher. That's really what we should be looking for. I don't really think we can afford to do it this year because of just some of our other needs. And also us just spending picks on Derek Brown and Yator and then picking up Hassan um, over the past year. So and, you know, that's something to look at for the future, but taking a gamble on a guy that can be an interior pass rusher late um, is something that, you know, I, I'd be fine with. I, I bring it on. I mean, that, that reminds me of like the cardiac cats. You just keep having guys filling in roles. You've got your big names where you need them, but then you've got guys that can come in and fill in. And even we kind of had it back in 2015 too, where we resurrected Jared Allen to come play for us so he could get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I didn't defensive line depth that I'm always going to be for. We need help on we, we need help at that position. We use and, and again, all all the great teams have a rotation they can go to. You know, what I mean, you, you when you can keep sending bodies and bodies, bodies can get to the quarterback and they, 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 they can they can shut down the run. You'll have great success. You know, it's almost as, as it's, it's comparable to running backs. If you can get fresh legs in there, regardless, because you can just keep battering down that offensive line and keep letting fruition set in. You know, it's it's perfect, and that's what we've always needed. And I think. We were building towards that. We made some decisions to not, you know, maybe facilitate that with letting FA walk and, you know, and cutting KK. But I mean, if, they, if there's a new wave that they want, I mean, the sixth was the sixth is where you get those le- is just legs. That's where you get bodies is in these late rounds or seventh. Excuse me, I can't remember where two twenty two is. I know we got um a, co- a couple comp picks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then so you know, f- finishing off Diamador Lenore here, another another nice name for Jack there. Um, Diamador, is that what you just said? That's what I said. Yeah, oh, I didn't mean the dope position he is given to me. I, I just wanted I wanted a guy whose name is Diamador. Yeah, yeah. So we'll get yeah, yeah. maybe hopefully the Panthers are listening to this podcast and they'll make it happen for us. But uh, you know, him and Stanley Thomas Olivier can uh, battle it out for uh, best name in the cornerback room for the longest name on a jersey. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I need no. his full name on the jersey too. It can't just be. Lenore, I need Diamador. Yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> we'll work on that. <laughs> but uh, you know, a cornerback in the late rounds who you know you got to keep hammering the depth at corner because you know, we're st- we're really thin there, and two picks at corner would be fine by me because uh, we, we need it. And more more uh, more swings of the bat at that position is uh, something we need to do. And I think you know he can be a solid player. He's not really. He's he's a lot different than a seventh round corner. He's not this developmental guy. He's um multi year starter at Oregon, who I think can come in and offer value early on. Um, you know, there, there's a reason he's a late round pick because he's not this freak athlete that a guy like a guy like Eric Stokes is. But I think he's a solid player who can definitely push for a roster spot. What was his forty time? Do you know? Uh, I think he's a four six guy. Oh, yeah. ah. 
Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Well, I know what my opinion is on the on that that seven, you know, or that that full round slate. Shantis, what's your thought on it? It feels, you know, look, it's an, it's, it's it's another year where we we feel the majority of the needs. I mean, I thought last year we did. I thought last year we feel all the defensive needs. At least, at least we tried to. This year would be would would, would I think with, with that with that lineup it would I'd be satisfied with it. I couldn't I couldn't uh, I mean getting slated we we can get one of the top off the off of the lineman I'm cool if we can add linebacker depth I'm cool add defensive line depth then I I just there's nothing I can disagree with I mean honestly probably about the best we can get at this point because we and, and we still just have no idea what's gonna happen when we, when we get drafted so I mean and that's what we get. Then I then I then I can live with that. That's what I'm saying. If, if you're giving me a draft where you're giving me two offensive linemen, two cornerbacks, and a linebacker, that's like I mean that that is Christmas morning to me. I will take that in a heartbeat because Lord knows that's what we need, and Lord knows that's what we've been asking for. So hopefully, I pray somehow this finds Fitterer and he can hear it and give a little bit of insight and get a little bit of insight from what the fans want because Lord knows that's what I that's what I would love to see, and you would not get any. You would not get any negative reactions from me come draft day. But we're not done yet with the draft. I mean, things are, we're still going to be waiting, and Lord knows we are going to be itching until that day is coming. Tyler's going to just keep making spreadsheets on spreadsheets on spreadsheets. His whole desktop is just filled with mock drafts at this point, and it's not going to stop. So we'll have the full seven round. We're obviously not going to read all those picks for you because we'd be here past the draft, probably to the next draft. But we'll give you each one of our picks – be, I'm a, I might be different than this time too, I think is what Tyler was alluding to, and then give you the couple picks before to set the stage for how that came to be. And then we'll be bringing you coverage from the draft as well whenever we can. But, you know, some of us have to work at that time. <laughs> so maybe not all of us, but we'll be filling in when we can. But until then, guys, just stay patient, keep waiting. Christmas will come. And until then, keep pounding.